just added a guy, Keanu Wilhite, I guess, let's start with that. I mean, uh, only signee, technically, or two signee you brought in this cycle. What did you guys like about him to, to bring him in late? Yeah, he's a unique situation in that he was going to Washington. You know, obviously college football's been turned on its head um, since uh, Coach Saban left and all the after effects. And so um, it was back on the market. Great job by Terrence Knighton. Great job by Tony White. They had a, you know, Terrence had a relationship with Keona and his family. Um, they were interested. They came to visit, had a great visit. Um, even Thursday night, I thought he wasn't coming. You know, I thought he was going to go somewhere else, but... Tony and uh, Terrence uh, really did a great job down the stretch, and he's exactly the type of person we're looking for. You know, on the football field, he's big, strong, athletic, physical. He's going to be a huge man with great athleticism. Uh, off the field, great family, great character. Um, he's going to be a great fit for our guys. So it was uh, great to get him today. That's why we moved the press conference till to now because he was going to announce at two thirty. So I hate messing with your guys' schedules, but that's why. So. With this uh, walk-on class, there's several guys who had, you know, scholarship offers elsewhere. What was kind of the message about what a walk-on opportunity here would, would mean for them? You know, I, I was a walk-on, and, uh, you know, Sat was a walk-on, and Corey Campbell was a walk-on. And I, I love non-scholarship players because you know, you know that they're playing because they love the game. Or in this case, many times they're playing because they love the University of Nebraska. And so... Um, <coughs> We were very intentional about the way that, you know, we approached the walk-on class. Like, uh, we wanted to do a great job with those guys because I think I think there's three, at least three or four guys that'll, and I'm not saying any specific three, I think just going through the breadth of this, I think there's three or four guys that'll start for us someday in this walk-on class. I mean, that's, that's a bold statement maybe, but I really believe it. And so I take it unbelievably seriously. You know, um, I've had some great walk-ons in my time and no places – known for having great walk-ons better than the University of Nebraska. So we're trying to do a great job with it. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, those guys, some of those guys had opportunities. I think um, when they go out and look at places, you know, wonderful universities, but the chance to play here, the chance to play in this stadium, the chance to play in front of our fan base, the chance to enjoy their college journey with their family um, wins out. Because I was a walk-on, I never say, hey, you should pass up a scholarship and come here. You know, um, I, don't ever, I don't ever tell someone to do that. Uh, I simply present, if you do come here, this is what it will be like. And I do believe that the way that we practice and the way that we do things gives everyone an opportunity to show what they can do. But um, um, really, this was a decision made by them. And, and in many cases, it's because they really wanted to play here. With Will Hyde and a couple of those guys that you, that you added, Choa and Prescott. Um, does that? What does that do for your, your pass rushing um, spot? And did you identify that as something that you wanted to upgrade as you moved into the new year? I think that we're always. I don't pay a lot of attention to. A lot of coaches look at like, hey, we need four of these. We need three of these. I don't. I've never thought that way. I always look for people I think can make a difference, and I always look for big people. You know, I'm always looking for. Uh, O-linemen and D-linemen, and I don't care how many we have. If we have too many, then it'll, it'll, it'll sort itself out. So, um, Kiona, uh, I just think, you know, when you're that big and that athletic, it's, you know, it's a no-brainer. Jordan, you know, Marcus and Keith Williams. Keith has, uh, you know, done a great job for us in personnel. They had 
been talking with Jordan. I went out recruiting with uh, Sat. You know, he had me up at five o'clock, going out to see a workout. Had a chance to meet Jordan, talk to him, and this is a guy that had a you know Pac-12 offers. He had Mountain West offers. He has a love for Nebraska and uh, wants to come here and and play at this level. And so, I, you know, unbelievable opportunity. But to your point, I think we have a lot of great pass rushers coming back. Um, but we're always, if, if, if you can rush the passer or you can take the ball away, we're always going to take a shot on you. So I'm always looking for guys in those positions. Yeah, I mean, um, Kamir's someone we targeted early. You know, we visited him, you know, early on. Uh, tremendous uh, person, first of all. Loves the game, tough, physical, can run. We think he'll be a ball hawk. Um, you know, was headed to another school. And um, for one reason or another, you know, that, that didn't work out. And he was on the market. Uh, Coop stayed in touch with him. And, um, you know, I think he has a lot of confidence and trust in us as people that we're going to do what we say we're going to do. And uh, I think we had a really good player in that one. How many times in the last couple months did instances come up where maybe you guys thought you would be done and, and somebody came available and, you're, and you just you, know, you adjust and you make room? Um, yeah, really. You know, in, in the second in the second cycle, really, it was just it was really just Keona, you know, in terms of uh, the scholarship position. Um, I have people stop me on the street and they're like, Coach, how are we going to do this? Oh, scholarship wise, I'm, it'll happen. Don't worry. Um, I, I know what I'm doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I think my job's to put as much, you know, great people and great talent in the locker room as possible and get a bunch of guys whose mindset is that they love to compete, not afraid of competition. And, you know, it's really hard to compete and be your best if you don't have other great players around you. So anytime I see a great player, we're going to approach it. And they come in all shapes and sizes. Walk-ons, uh, transfers, scholarship players, five-star, no-star. It's all about what you do in the future. And so um, I've been pleased. I've been pleased with the staff. I've been really pleased with our recruiting staff, our personnel department. I think has done a great job of identifying players and guys who are good fits for us. Hey, Coach, this was the first January you guys could actually visit with the juniors. How much is that going to speed things up, uh, just even when you're on the road, to be able to speak with kids and not have a true in-home, but almost have one when you're at their school? Yeah, I think it's it's great because we were able to go into schools, sit down with players, sit down with players, you know, and the people that matter to them, and and visit, you know, and talk, and um, really accelerate the process. You know, at the end of the day, in this job, I'm held accountable not just for the performance of my players on the field. I'm also held accountable for who they are as people. I'm sometimes held accountable, and when I say I, mean, I, coaches are held accountable for their players off the field. Yet we have all these rules saying we can't ever meet them. <laughs> so you want me to be responsible for this person's character, but I can't meet them. And so we finally made a step towards sanity and saying we can at least meet with people. And uh, I thought it was great. First of all, I thought our presence on the road was really well received, and I think we do a good job of that. You know, we're not flashy. You know, we're not a flashy outfit. We don't show up and, you know, in you know designer cars or whatever but we are good at talking about what we believe in and talking about our vision for young people and listening to them and so i think that this is a real step forward for programs like us that operate that way and uh it was great you can probably tell i'm tired because we've done like you know we, we work saturday sunday we you know we worked around the clock all the way up to this really grateful for the staff really grateful for the staff spouses and families and kids because you know when you come when you were recruiting you come visit here you know, Julie Rule's going to be around. You know, Vivian Leone are going to be there. Like, you're going to be around our families. And um, so it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck uh, thing from everyone in our organization. 
but I think the new rule was great for us. It's really good for an organization like us, and um, uh, I think we did a good job in January for next year's class. I know it's early, but how have you felt about how the early enrollees have adapted uh, being on campus the first couple of weeks? Yeah, I haven't been around them. It's, you know, honestly, I haven't been around them. Like, you know, uh, um, I get all good reports. They seem like they're doing well. I see them a little bit on the weekends, but um, I'm really excited. You know, like I was, at, I was at the morning workout this past Friday morning. I was there Monday and Tuesday. I'm just really excited to be back in the building and around the guys. Like, I did not get into college football and college coaching to be a great recruiter. I got in it to coach the guys day by day. Recruiting is something you have to do to get the right guys there. Um, from the outside looking in, I think I think if you talk to our strength staff, I think if you talk to our weight room, our nutrition staff, uh, excuse me, our, our, our training room, academic staff. I think this is a really good group. Um, they do things right. They love to compete. They're really athletic. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm anxious for them to get into kind of the daily grind. You know, get into some mad drills, get into some spring football, and you know, really, really start to figure out what, uh, how they can contribute and how we can help them be the best they can be. In a couple weeks that Glenn Thomas has been here, what's been his assessment? of how you guys played last year. I'm sure you've talked to him a little bit about that. What, what do you like about, about him as a coach and what he's already added to you? Well, you know, I worked with Glenn. You know, Glenn was a difference maker for me at Temple. You know, Sat, at, at, you know, Sat was the OC. Um, really, wanted to, really wanted to get away from Sat coaching the quarterbacks and being the OC, and, you know, because we're, we're not an air raid offense, right? So intimate knowledge and experience in the run game and the play action game is really important for us. And so we hired Glenn there. And P.J. Walker took off under his tutelage, and then he called it for me the last year. And then we went to Baylor and, and did a great job with the freshman and Charlie Brewer, and then had a chance to go call him himself, and he did that. So I, I just trust him. You know what I mean? I know that the quarterback's going to be well coached. I know I don't have to spend a lot of time worrying about those things. Um, his assessment so far, you know, we'll start the cut-up process and all of that thus far. You know, um, this was in the works for many weeks before it happened. I just was obviously going to be respectful of the Steelers and. Coach Tomlin, who I look up to, so we were, you know, I had talked to him and he had watched us and I asked him for some of his opinions on, you know, some of our guys, some of the portal guys, you know, hey, what do you think of this guy, high school players, so um, in terms of a global, you know, deal, I think we all know we have to play better in a lot of areas on offense. Uh, the, the specific reasons for why, probably over the next couple of weeks as we get into it and we really sit down and watch it as a, a staff, uh, we'll have much better answers in terms of, hey, what can we do better here? What can we do better there? As of right now, it's been all kind of anecdotal. You know, hey, I see you guys change the split on this. Hey, why are we doing this now? So, um, but he's an excellent coach, great family. His two sons are excellent, excellent golfers. They're going to bring a lot to the, uh, the country club circuit here in Nebraska, so watch out. And um, But most importantly, I, I know this, the quarterback's going to be really well coached. Is he, I mean, I mean is it too early to say who calls the I mean, I've said that to you guys from the beginning. I never, I told you guys from the beginning, Sat was going to be the OC. Sat is the offensive coordinator. Glenn is coming in as the co-offensive coordinator. Work with him. Sat's going to call the plays. Glenn's going to be intimately involved in the play design and all that. But you know, I said it respectfully. I maybe came a little run too, but like, I just want to make sure you guys always know if I tell you something, I mean it. Like, I told you guys on this podium, he was going to be the OC. I don't even consider Sat the co-OC. That's weird. Some people have looked at me like I'm nuts. Like, Sat's the OC. He's the co-OC. So. He's the collaborative OC, if that's a better term for it. I don't know, but he's gonna he's gonna design, you know, along with Garrett, he's gonna design all kinds of things on offense. I've been, it worked for us once before. We won a ton of games doing it, but you know, this is Sat's gonna stand up in front of the room and run the room, and 
Um, as you guys know, when I first got here, I really, really, really like it when, especially when you have a guy like Fedoni and Borkature and Linden, we have some really talented tight ends. I love when my play caller is over there because he understands more about the run game and, you know, we get the ball involved to more people. I want to get the tight ends involved. So it's just kind of the way I'm wired. I like it. Um, I like when there's someone in there talking to the quarterbacks all the time that the voice never changes. It's consistent. I think sometimes as the OC in our style of offense, now if I was air rated, it'd be different. You know, they kind of get pulled in other directions. So it's, uh, it's, uh, but that's the way it's going to be, you know, Sats, the OC and, that's never been a question in my mind. Um, uh, Glenn's, Glenn's right there to support him every step of the way. And you know, I did this once before, and you know, play calling is you know it's not really what people think it is on TV. You know, sometimes I mean he's he's in there like, hey, you know, what's, even this year G did a great job. Hey, what's our next third and three? Hey, I like this. Let's get to this. So you know, we have a good staff that works really well together. Donnie does such a great job in developing the run game, and so without the title of run game coordinator, he basically kind of does that. So. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, Sad will be in charge. And um, I, uh, you know, if I ever have a suggestion, I'll throw it in there. But for the most part, I, you know, I just love having Glenn there because I know that's that room. I trust those guys. I trust the guys on defense. Ed does a great job on special teams, and I can just hopefully try to bring it all together. As far as the work that, that Glenn did specifically with the young quarterbacks, with, with PJ and, and Brewer, um, how, how do you, what did you see there that can translate into, the, into what you hope that, the way that you hope you can impact uh, Dylan and yeah, well, I think, you know, my goal has always been quarterback recruits now are always looking for the right situation. And five years ago, that made a ton of sense, right? Like, you're looking at a school, you're like, well, you know, Sipple's about to graduate, so they only have two quarterbacks. Well, I mean, what does that mean anymore, right? They, you know, they lose all their quarterbacks. They bring in four portal guys. So looking for the right situation is very rarely the truth, right? You know, you might go there and all of a sudden the coach might leave. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, it's a whole different set of circumstances. So I think um, quarterbacks should go somewhere, Mitch, where they, they, they are taught how to play quarterback from the ground up. And that's what I like about Glenn. The way he teaches the quarterbacks, they could be, they could be in the air raid, they could be in the run and shoot, they could be in a pro-style offense. He's still going to teach them, um, and he's going he's gonna to scaffold that teaching and just keep keep kind of you know taking them to that next proximal state where they're learning just what they need to learn. You know, he's not going to dump it all on top of them. He's not going to keep it too simple. He's going to start with the fundamentals and just kind of keep building it as they go. So, you know, when he hires Matt Ryan, to me when he coaches Matt Ryan, you know, it's he's working up here, right? When he takes over for PJ Walker, he's kind of working down here. But then eventually PJ got to that point or to a point as a pro. So that's what I like about what he'll do for those two young players. He'll meet them where they are, but he'll have high standards for them. Uh, he'll be demanding of them. He has a great way. And then, you know, Heinrich's a young player. You know, he's, he's been on the team for a while, but he hasn't played a ton. And so, to me, he can, yet again, um, meet Heinrich where he is. The goal is to get them all to where they're all uh, all conference caliber players in the Big Ten. And then circumstances will dictate who starts. But, you know, history has shown, like, if you kind of just stick around somewhere for a while and you're a good player, Eventually, you get your shot. And eventually, when you get your shot, you better play well. So I think he'll help both those guys play really well. That's right. That's, <clears throat> that tight end room, you've really transformed it with, with some of the additions and, and Thomas getting older. What do you think Sat brings to that um, as a position coach? Yeah, so when, when Sat coached, the, the, you know, Sat's an old – he played receiver in college, you know. Um, so his knowledge of, of route running – he was a receiver coach when I first met him. His knowledge of route running, yet still having that same tough mindset, I think is exactly what you need. I, I personally believe tight end is one of the harder positions from a cognitive standpoint to play in football. You have to understand all the 
nuances of the run game, all the run game calls on the run game. Sometimes you're involved in the protections. And, oh, by the way, you also have to run routes. And if you have a really good tight end, you know, like Fedoni or Nate and those guys, you don't want to play in just one spot. So now you have to go out and be number one. So I think it's someone who can teach route running, teach blocking, but also teach all the concepts well enough that they can adjust. He was my tight end coach at Baylor. You know, he had, he had a young player in Ben Sims, who he was pushing, pushing, pushing. And now, you know, Ben's, Ben's catching touchdowns in the NFL. So I think, uh, I think Sat naturally has that. And his, his personality is one of – he's an aggressive person. And you can't really always be aggressive <laughs> coaching the quarterback. You know, you have to kind of bring them along. Um, so I, I, I'm excited about it. I think, he'll, I think he'll do a really nice job in that room. Um, you know, we'll see what the rules are with analysts moving forward, if analysts allowed to coach or not. If so, you know, someone can help them as time constraints always pull the coordinator away. But I just don't want anyone pulled away from the quarterbacks. I want that person in there full-time with those guys because they're going to need it uh, as young players as they try to get ready. Do you feel like you have enough scholarship quarterbacks just three? Yeah, you know, it's, it's weird. Um, I've always had three. I've never really had four very many times. I'd love to have four. Let me just start there. Um, but I also understand this. If, you know, last spring we had six, and we had four, four healthy. It's really hard to get the guys the reps that they need. So here's what I know. Heinrich needs reps to be the starting quarterback and win for us. Uh, Danny Kalen needs reps to be the starting quarterback and win for us. Dylan needs reps to be the starting quarterback and win for us. And they all deserve the right to go through that process. So this spring, I think having two, having three scholarship quarterbacks is ideal in that those guys can get a ton of reps, right? They're not sharing. They're not getting three reps in a rack and giving it to somebody else. They need reps and they need to practice. Going into the season, I would have, I would love to have a fourth person, um, but that's kind of the state of college football now, right? Um, full disclosure, you know, um, we understand that if we, if someone gets hurt or something happens, I'm sure there'll be guys in the portal in May. If we have a scholarship spot, we can always do that. But we're kind of, you know, we're kind of going all in um, on these guys. And along the way, a lot of people ask me, why didn't you get a one-year player? Like, I just, and maybe it'll happen for somebody else. I just don't know how we can win a championship starting a one-year player every year. So if it's Heinrich, then great. He's got a couple years left. If it's one of these young guys, you know, I'd rather them go out there. <clears throat> if they're ready to play, play. And as a team matures, they mature. And eventually we have a championship caliber team. But bringing a guy in for one year for me is not ideal. We'll do it when we have to do it. But it's just not ideal. So we have two young players. We have another guy that's in Heinrich that's one at a high level. I'm anxious to watch them battle it out in the spring. And winter, con <clears throat> winter conditioning Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, none of those guys in the locker room care about how highly ranked you were in recruiting. And they certainly don't care about how many touchdowns you threw in high school. They care. They don't, they don't care about how well you played last year. They care about what you're doing right now. You know, they're very much in the moment. You know, Jamal Banks got here from Wake Forest. You know, he's transferring. Uh, he's do we do our competitions. He's by far and away dominating our team in terms of uh, his commitment to you know, winning points and dominant, winning his team. I, I can assure you, no one cares whether he played here last year or not. They know he produces. And so, and we're trying to produce a competitive environment. So every off-season drill, everything is competitive. Um, and so I, I know that the guys are always watching the quarterbacks. Like, who is going to, you know, we lost, we lost uh, five games by three points or overtime. So we're fighting for every single point. You know, we're three points away from being a good team in, in our brains. So um, am I going to follow a quarterback that, that doesn't win all the drills? That's not out there throwing at 6 a.m.? That's not there on the weekends? I'm not, I'm not following that guy. So I think everyone's watching everything right now. And those, those players, 
you do the off season so that you can get in better shape. But I, I want to see who's competitive and who shies away from the competition and who attacks it. And when things get really hard and the mat drills are, you know, kicking your butt or spring ball is hard, that's when I want to find out who's who's uh, who's uh, the problem. Because you know, last year we, we lost. You know, we lost. We lose games, and the coaches would get up here like, you know, we'd run double under with a corner against Maryland, and it's a pick, and we say, hey, maybe we should have called a better call. Like. Those days are going to be over. Like every team in the country throws touchdowns on those plays. And our team, we need guys to go get the ball. We need guys to throw the ball. And if you want to see what that looks like, go watch Patrick Mahomes and how many plays are on script for him. He's out there playing ball. And so the off seasons where you, you in college, it's where you show your teammates, hey, I'm a playmaker. I'm, I'm, someone to, I'm someone to be watched. I'm going to compete at everything, and I'm tough. Then you get the spring ball and you start another phase. So I think I think the winner is unbelievably important. And I can tell from the, or the demeanor of those three guys, based upon, I haven't been there to watch, but based upon, like, as I watch the points and I watch the way they're competing, they, they, they all know that. Following that course, how, how much less do you believe you need to install the culture this winter? Because many of the players already know what you're about. Yeah, I think that's a great question, like a great point. I just was hanging out with Ethan Piper upstairs, you know, talking about his student teaching. I went out and uh, met Ashton Houseman yesterday, you know, just to visit with him. They, they all understand how hard it was last year because they did not know what to expect. And now everyone knows what to expect. And that's, that's, that's half of life. That's what makes all of us anxious is the anticipation of what we're afraid of or what we don't know, right? Once we know, you, I show up and I know I have to do this tomorrow. I can do it when I don't know. And so we are light years ahead of where we were last year. I think the thing I have to do a really good job of, and you, I'm trying to do it even right now as I talk, is that like um, everyone cares so much. Like everyone wants to be so excited. Like recruiting doesn't mean anything about next season. It's just about all of our players understanding there's an urgency in this building. When you walk in this building, like you've got to go. And I think we made some real steps last year. I think we fixed some things, but we're still five and seven. And so we're five and seven until we kick it off against UTEP next year. And so I want our guys understanding like, the videos that we've put out are great. All that stuff's awesome. But, like, you've got to produce every day and you've got to win. And, you know, we can't have an organization with a bunch of guys who think it's okay to show up late and be average. And so that's the culture. The culture is everybody has to do it for us to be successful. And um, I think we're heading in that direction. It's night and day significantly better than it was last year. Thanks. Uh, can you expand on that Banks picture that you alluded to? Yeah, so we, we have teams, and we compete, and it's really thing, you know, you do community service, you get this many points for your team, you know, you, you, you do something extra, I don't know what it would be, you know, you get points, you, you know, you, um, uh, you go attend an, another athletic team's event, you know, we want to support Huskers, supporting Huskers, you get points, you miss something, you get minus points. So what we're always trying to do is we're trying to teach the team that um, talent, you know, like when I first did this last year, they all voted for their buddies or for the best players. And what they soon learned, and what I soon saw, was the guys who had been the best players the year before had the least amount of points because they were sometimes the least accountable. Now they've all made massive strides since then. So what we want the guys to understand is like, hey, as I build this team, as we build a team, or they select their own team, I want guys who are accountable. I want guys who produce. I want guys who do the right thing. And, um, you know, sometimes you bring guys in from another outside culture, they walk in, it takes them a while to understand the way we do things. Well, Jamal Banks has shown up, and he's the leading point getter. You know, he's far and ahead of, way, ahead of everybody else. And there's a bunch of guys doing a great job. And that's what I love. To, 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 to Sam's point, what was really good last year is now just okay. Because 
last year's unbelievable is now this year's good. Does that make sense? And what Jamal's doing, because coaches, I mean, they make, I say, well, how, come, how come he has zero points? Ah, oh, but coach, he has this. I'm, I'm, this guy's got 72. <laughs> He's got 72 points. I, I wonder why he was all ACC. So uh, what we need to make the turn is some of the guys that decided to come back. The danger is, ah, I could have gotten drafted. I'm going to come back. And they just, you know, I'm just, they, they should be at the top. Like, if they really want to win, don't tell me you want to beat Iowa after we lose to Iowa. Tell me you want to beat Iowa today with your actions. Tell, tell me about Wisconsin. Oh, don't cry in the locker room. Sacrifice right now, if that makes any sense. And so yesterday's, you know, you know today's price is not yesterday's price, you know, as the, as, as the players would say. So there's a, there's a much higher price to be paid right now. There's a much higher standard. And guys like Banks come in, they set the standard so high that you're like, wow. Okay, as coaches, we have to reestablish the standard. And so he's a great, great addition. I'm excited to have him here. What you're impressed by sure. him is, is mainly the, the off, off away from athletic competition stuff. It's, it's the things that he's doing outside of um, outside of football. Thus far, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. None of this is af- none of this is his workouts or anything like that. Now, obviously, I mean, he was a really highly you know prolific pass catcher, and you know the the the, the concern sometimes was you want to you never want to bring people in who take away from your culture. Um, take away from the way that you do things and your standard. What he's done is he's come in and he's he's a part of a group of guys that are raising the standard. And so, but that's all off the field, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen him play, but it's really cool that he comes in and he attacks things like this. And it comes down very simply to competitors compete. You know, like if you're if you want to compete at everything, then, you know, they, they keep score of it, you're going to try to win, and he's doing that. What kind of impact do you think Micah Miskula has on the offensive line? The yeah, you know, Micah... Um, Micah's a talented player. Uh, Micah's going to have to do all the things I just talked about. Micah's going to have to understand, like, the University of Nebraska, like, we work, we grind, we pay the price. Um, it's not about what we did. It's about what we're trying to do. Um, so I love Micah. I've known him since he was in high school. But, uh, you know, Micah's got a way to go in terms of understanding the standards that are here. You were talking about how the players how much more are you mentally are you knowing what to expect here at the University of Nebraska as you begin this next year? Um, I hadn't really thought about it. That's a great question. I hadn't thought about that. Um, you know, my, my urgency is on high, um, but it's a, different, it's a different feeling from last year. Like, you know, I went through my first year here. And to your point, like, I know kind of – I know what takes a long time to get done. I know it's easy to get done. I know, I know kind of the way things work. I know the way, cam- you know, campus works. I know the way – you know, I know the way the community wraps itself around us. I know what the league is like. Now the league's changing. So, yeah, I think I feel much more um, probably ready, uh, much more, you know, kind of alert to, hey, this is, uh, this is what it takes. Um, yeah, I mean, la- la- you know, last year was a painful year for me in terms of going five and seven and, you know, kind of the stretch the way it was. But I think it's in many ways, I think it'll be a good thing. You know, I think, you know, there's not a lot, at least not me. There's not a lot of people walking around here like, "Hey, we've got to figure it out." You know, we're we're hungry to get it figured out. So, but I do feel good about, to your point, that I kind of understand everything that everything that's associated, and I'm just grateful. A lot of people have you know gone out of their way to to help me along the way, and so um, it's a really great place with a lot of great people. Is there a common thread um, kind of tying your portal additions together without going one by one through them? But the common thread you saw in those guys about adding them that you like. 
Yeah, uh, you know, each one's its own entity, but I think, you know, what we said to ourselves, at least at the receiver position, is we love the young group that we have, you know. I think most college football teams, they want to have 14 scholarship receivers, and we knew we weren't going to get there just by recruiting high school players just because we had lost some older guys and, you know, we're just the numbers were low. So we wanted to add in some older players that, um, you know, I don't want to rush any young player to play if they're not ready. Now, if they're ready, great, but having some older players who've played, who, you know, have some seasoning, that makes sense. And it was sort of the same at linebacker, you know. Um, uh, you know, we're kind of, you know, young at some of those positions. So we tried to add in some guys at places where we thought that we were young. I obviously went and got Bly Hill, you know, you know, only played one year. So he's just sort of a young player. To me, he's like, he and Dante are like newcoming, incoming recruits. You know, they're just, they're here for the next three or four years. So, but I think our overall philosophy in terms of like the one-year guys and the guys who don't have a lot of time here was, hey, where, where, do, where do we need some older players and let's mix them in. What I don't ever want to do is have a, you know, have a player wait three years. It's finally his chance to play. He's paid the price. He's ready to play. And then I replace him with somebody just to replace him because I think that, that it's not that I'm afraid of competition, but that thwarts the work ethic of getting to that point, you know. So, but if, if we have a hole, we'll definitely fill it. And um, I think those guys really filled those holes. I know you didn't want to add it back. Just to add it back, what made Dante the guy that was Yeah, I think the fact that he's a big back, you know, he's got, um, you know, he's got three years left. You know, unfortunately for him, you know, he, his year was, you know, used up. But um, uh, the fact that he is a big back, I think, with our style of football and playing in the Big Ten, you know, we, we don't want every back to look the same. You know, I want I want a Ramir, you know, next to a Gabe. I want an Emmett next to a Dante. I want, you know, I want I want that kind of a mix. So, you know, we're really high on Quentin Eyes. We love that running back room. But I think having a big back was a key factor for us. The Super Bowl was on Sunday. And uh, you talked a little bit about appreciating the San Francisco 49ers offense to beat the Super Bowl. Um, if, if Nebraska fans were watching that, on Sunday, they're thinking, how would Nebraska like to be like San Francisco? What, what do you appreciate about their offense and what they do, and what would you like to maybe try to incorporate into what you already? Yeah, I, mean, I think I think uh, you know they have a commitment to running the wide zone, outside zone, which which we haven't really committed to here. But I'm saying in general, that's kind of the basis of what they do, and um, you know they 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 get in unique formations with people, players who can play multiple positions. Wideouts play running back, running backs play wideout, tight ends play fullback, fullbacks play wideout. Um, they're going to find a way to run the football. You know, they're always going to find a way to run the football um, and win the game through the physical battle on the ground. And and then they're going to take shots with explosive passes and, and play action passes and then try to win third down. And so um, I like, I, I just really, when I watch football, I, I love their run game. I love the, I love the unique mic points. I love the fact that you know, they don't just come up and run plays. They direct things at the things that they see. You know, college football, as I think we're heading towards having a headset in the quarterback's helmet, it's going to be unique to see how if that changes college football. But um, I just uh, I just love the positionless player aspect of their offense and the way they utilize their personnel. And um, if we, you know, if we, we're always going to play to our people, but as we develop, you know, we want to be that type of a team. Every, I mean, obviously, everybody wants to have a, a player like Patrick Mahomes. And this is to knock Brock Purdy. He's not quite Mahomes yet. How much do you appreciate the way that they sort of build an offense around his skill set and that he's able to execute? Some people say as a game manager, but other people would say as a guy that really knows what he's doing. You're saying Brock. Brock. Um, well, I, I can't, you know, I, I think I think Brock Purdy is an amazing player. Um, 
because I played against him at Iowa State. When I was in the draft room at Carolina, I, I, I brought his name up. I said, hey, guys, you should be on the draft board. I got vetoed on that one. But um, uh, you can ask Coop. But I, uh, I think, I mean, we used to tell guys when we playing Brock Purdy, we were like, do not, do not fall for his pump fake, right? Because Brock would come out, he'd pump fake. And first game, he gets, he's 10 yards down the field, he pump fakes, our DBs are jumping. I'm like, guys, he's past the line of scrimmage. So a lot of respect for Brock. But I think what's awesome when you think about, you know, Kyle Shanahan, right, is that, you know, he's he's been to two Super Bowls now with two different quarterbacks, right? He wins with different quarterbacks. He's, you know, he can he can take a Trey Lance. He can, you know, the names are going to start to escape me who all he's had, so please forgive me. But, you know, I mean, he's been able to play with different players. You, you know, he can win in Atlanta. He can win in Cleveland. He can win wherever he goes because the basis of what he does is an elite run game that can, you know, when you run outside zone, you can run it into different looks because you're always, you know, running away from the extra defender. And so um, you know, he's taken his father's offense. He's, he's, he's adapted it to today. Um, he adapts it to the players that he has. Yet at the same time, um, he's going to always create explosive passes, and he's going to um, you know, have a quarterback who plays well. So I think he's one of the premier coaches in, in football. And, um, uh, but I, I do have a lot of respect for Brock as a player because my battles against him, and you know, I think he's he just uh, – it's just the way he plays the game. He plays the game like he's playing in the backyard, and it's, it's pretty cool to see. How do you feel about Nash and the guys who are competing on the track uh, this winter? Um, you know, I'm all for it. I think it's great. You know, I, I know a lot of, you know, I think it's going to help us in recruiting. Uh, a, lot, a lot of schools will tell tell a young person, like, yeah, you can come here, you can run track, you can do this, you can do that. Here, here we actually do it. In my time as a head coach, I've had a guy play on the baseball team. I've had a guy play on the basketball team. I've had a guy be on the wrestling team now. And at both stops, Temple, not Temple, but Baylor and here, I've had multiple guys in track. And so I think it allows us to recruit guys who are really, really fast. And, you know, what's, what's the harm in it, right? Like, okay, so instead of playing video games at night, they're, they're out there doing A skips and B skips or whatever they do in track. Um, instead of, you know, instead of whatever, taking an extra nap, Nash is out there, you know, riding the bike and practicing his leg defense. You know, I, I mean, I think it's awesome, right? So, um and you know what's amazing with Nash is, man, like he wrestles on Sunday and he's he's in the indoor with us training on Monday. You know, Jeremiah and those guys, Friday morning, 6 a.m., they're out there, or 6.30, they're out there doing their runs with us and then they're competing on Saturday. So, um, you know, Bryce Turner's going to run as well. Uh, we, you know, I think Malachi wants to run here. He's coming off his shoulder. So um, this is a game of speed, athleticism. The Nash thing on a personal note has been fun for me. Just to you know, just to, I mean, I love wrestling, but just to watch them, and it's been really cool. You know, I didn't I didn't go Saturday to the track meet. I was off doing something, and uh, the, the 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 sprinters were not happy with me. So they said I only care about the big guys. But I'm really proud of those guys. I'm proud of Jeremiah. I'm proud of Jalen. Proud of Nash. Um, what they're doing is really hard. Is there any update, injury updates that are that are worth sharing? Um, anyone you know that will be out for spring? Or? Yeah, we'll have several guys out for spring. Um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, you know, like uh, like Ramirez won't do spring, Gabe won't do spring. Um, we have a bunch of guys who had shoulders, you know, like Prince Will and, and Malachi and those guys. You know, we'll see what what you know see what they're allowed to do in the spring. I'll never one to rush people back. You know, um, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda coming off the ACL. You know, he 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 won't he won't do spring obviously, um, but. Uh, Nothing really new since the end of the season that, that I can think of. Anything you can think of? No, Maverick, I don't know. Maverick's trending back in. Maverick's not back in. He's fully integrated back into working out. So um, it's been good to see him getting back out there. So, you know, um, 
as they go, they'll just, you know, they kind of keep me informed. I'm, with those guys, I'm more of like a one day at a time, you know, because they tell you they'll be ready and something happens, they're not. And so um, with the players, I like just, you know, I'm not big on time frames for the guys, you know, because, you know, that can sometimes get some depressed. I might just attack today, get through today, attack tomorrow, get through tomorrow, attack the next day. So um, they, uh, you know, they, 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 uh, I think most of our guys will be back. So. No, no, yeah, Turner, yeah, Turner's, Turner's probably more long term. Yeah, maybe you know, probably maybe going even into camp in the season. So, all right, thank you guys. Good to see everybody.